In this episode of Soul Old 2, we're going to talk about how to thrive during seasons of loneliness and confinement. And welcome to Soul Old 2. This is the podcast that's putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. So glad to be with you here. I'm Lou Perez, and we've been enjoying doing these podcasts, and I trust that those of you who have found out about this podcast are receiving something from them. And today I want to talk about uh, prison and confinement. And uh, when we talk about confinement, it's not just uh, physical, but it could be psychological, it could be emotional, it could be something in the heart that you can't even put words to. But first I'm going to tell you a story found in this wonderful book called The Revolutionary Communicator, written by Eric Lokensmo and Jed Medifind. And in this book, they tell the story of Brother Colby, a 45-year-old Franciscan priest who was uh, a man who was considered to have kind eyes, and he lived with uh, 700 priests in a monastery. And uh, this was this happened during World War II, and it is said that as Poland fell, the, uh, as the country of Poland fell, uh, Colby urged the hundreds of priests who lived in the monastery to leave while he took care of, of the hundreds of Jews that were arriving every day. Brother Colby was warned that the Nazis were getting close to arresting him, but he was still insisting on staying and helping the Jews that were left behind. A year later, he was arrested and placed in the infamous concentration camp called Auschwitz. Every prisoner suffered from exhaustion and starvation, but Brother Colby chose to serve them. Every night before he went to sleep, on his uncomfortable pallet, Brother Colby would check on each prisoner in their bed. Is there anything I can do, he would ask. He would bind up any wounds, comfort, and pray for those in need. The camp doctor said, I never saw such an example of love. One warm July evening, the silence was shattered by an alarm. A prisoner escaped and by the morning, he had not been found. This meant that the guards were going to take it out on the prisoners. They took 14 prisoners and made them stand all day in the hot sun. Some fainted from the heat. Others collapsed dead. As the sun began to sink into the horizon, the commander came forward and said, The prisoner has not been found, therefore ten of you will die in the starvation bunker. Now, the prisoners preferred a bullet to the head than facing the starvation bunker. It was not just starvation, but your tongue and your brain would swell in the heat and your insides would shrivel up. As the officer picked ten men to die, Brother Colby was not one of them. He interrupted the officer. The the officer said to him, What do you want, you pig? And Brother Colby said, I want to die in the place of one of the men you pick. The man Colby picked thanked him with his eyes. I Meaning the man um, he picked to live and, and take his place. Thanked him with his eyes when he told the story years later. A minute later, Brother Colby walked into the starvation bunker with the nine other uh, unfortunate victims. As the day passed, as the days went uh, one after the other, they began to to swell in the way he described 
it was described earlier, and there was a dryness, and to survive, they were licking the moisture off the walls. And they had to do things that we can't mention. But Outside of the starvation bunker, they would normally hear cries of suffering and anguish. But instead, here's what they heard. They heard Father Colby singing and leading the men home one by one. What a story. Think about it. How do we thrive in seasons of confinement? How do we do like this brother Colby did in our situation? Obviously, we're not as dire as his situation, but there are many kinds of confinement that we speak of, not just physical, but it could be mental, it could be spiritual, it could be emotional confinement that you are experiencing in your life. But before we continue, what are some signs of confinement? There are many. And I, I share these out of my own personal experience through the years because I've been through seasons of confinement, seasons where you feel that the walls are closing in on you. But the first obvious season of uh, uh, earmark of confinement is this. Your movements are limited. And that's a very obvious one, isn't it? You feel like the world around you is shrinking, that the things around you are just kind of closing in on you. But also there's a sense of disconnection when you feel confined. You feel like you don't really have someone that gets you, someone that you can connect with and they can understand what you're feeling. And that is the feeling exiles feel when they are banished from their own country or home. Did you know that in uh, when someone is exiled, something deep inside of them is ruptured, their connection to the past and any hope of the future, and also the connection to any any living beings in the present that can affirm or understand them. In fact, studies have shown that when when a person is exiled, they suffer from separation anxiety, from depression, and extreme loneliness. And you don't have to be physically exiled to go through this. You can go through this in your head and in your heart by being in your home or going through a season in your life where you feel like nothing has changed. They also give names, they say, people who are experiencing exile, whether it's spiritual, physical, or mental, they, they give names to inanimate objects and relate to them as people because they're lonely. And scientists even say that in exile, we invent people to keep us company, humanizing anything that we can humanize. We humanize pets, we humanize inanimate objects, even supernatural beings. People have even invented their own gods in that, in that uh, space of exile in their hearts. And they tend to give human traits to non-human beings like hamsters and baseball gloves. And it's interesting that in, in the Bible, the temptation to idolatry was high during times of exile uh, for the children of Israel. And it's amazing how during exile, when you feel like you're disconnected, when you feel like you are imprisoned, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, your temptation to invent things and to make up reality can be very high. But also during, during seasons of confinement, and we can also use the word loneliness, every day feels like yesterday, doesn't it? If you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about. One day bleeds into another, says a song. Tomorrow is a stressful, is a stressful thing because you fear that it will be no different than today. You would welcome any change if it's different from today. 
But another way you know that you're in confinement or in a long, deep loneliness is you are alive but not living. You go through the motions. You you have no passion. You just do what you have to do to survive, but there's no real flavor in your food. There's no real zest in your life. And on a smaller note, there's a frustration that you're not able to use your talents or gifts in your career or however you use them. It could be in your church or it could be in your family or anywhere at work. And you feel stifled and you can't, you can't uh, move forward with it. But also another way that you know you're in confinement or lonely is you struggle with fantasies. Fantasies meaning that you tend to live life from inside your head. And that's where there's, there's a tendency to binge watch your favorite show online or binge, binge use of you know, social media or excessive TV watching in general. Or some people during, during these seasons might be tempted by pornography. The point is, is that if we don't have healthy stimulus in our lives that is outside of ourselves, we will be tempted to invent our own stimulus or stimuli. Another way you know that you're struggling with confinement or loneliness is long-term depression. It doesn't even have to be a deep depression, but it could be just just heavy enough for, for it to be there to feel like a blanket on you. And yet one more way before we discuss what to do in these seasons is you feel powerless to change it. That's probably one of the hardest feelings that that you wish you could just change something, but you can't because you are bound in some way. You know what makes your heart burn, and you know what you must do, but you feel powerless to do it. And that is a horrifying way to live. So here's the question. What do we do in seasons of confinement? Well, for one, we should create purpose in our seasons of confinement and loneliness. One of my favorite stories, and I saw the movie when I was a kid, and uh, uh, it was an older movie even then that uh, about the story of the Birdman of, from Alcatraz. And uh, his name was Robert Franklin Stroud. And he was actually a convicted murderer. I mean, this guy was a, a, a murderer. And he was convicted of murder, and he was a federal prisoner and author of... of who has been cited as one of the most notorious criminals in, in the U.S. at the time. But during his time of confinement, physical conf- confinement and mental for that matter, at Leavenworth Penitentiary, he reared and sold birds and became a respected ornithologist. I mean, how amazing is that? Think about it. In 1920, while in solitary confinement, he discovered a nest with three injured sparrows in the prison yard. And he cared for them, and within a few years, he had 300 canaries that he was experimenting on and learning and doing all kinds of things. And he began extensive research, and he was given equipment by the prison. He even wrote a book called Diseases of Canaries, which was smuggled out of Leavenworth and published in 1933. And he made important contributions to avian pathology, most notably a cure for the hemadragic hemadragic, and I think I'm getting it right, spessacemia, family of diseases. And he, he became very respected by other ornithologists and farmers. I mean, think about it. This guy 
did his very best in confinement. So what does that tell you? That in your season of confinement, you can find purpose if you let God help you to find it. And one of the quickest ways to find purpose is to serve those around you. Serve somebody. Do something for your neighbor. Bake them something. Cook them something. Take out their trash. Just be with them. If they're elderly, help them physically in some way. Just the way Father Colby didn't just lay down and die, he created purpose to the very end. And that is one of the very best ways to come out of it. But number two, how do you deal with confinement? Make a plan to manage the thoughts and emotions produced by the feeling of confinement and loneliness. And this is something I've been through for years, you know, on and off here and there. And you have to get used to the idea that every time you get a thought, you don't have to dwell on the thought. You don't have to be horrified by it. It is what it is. Every time I, I would get a hopeless thought, I, I would challenge it in light of what God says about me in the Scriptures. And I would say, no, the Scriptures tell me that God loves me and cares for me and has a plan for me. And just changing that verbiage resets your thinking. And whenever I would get dark emotions, I wouldn't take them seriously, knowing that they will pass, just like the weather. But here's a third one. Move your body as best you can. It is a fact that exercise creates endorphins and decreases anxiety and actually lifts you up emotionally. You feel kind of almost high when you do a good exercise and you feel like, hey, I have it in hand. I feel strong. But yet here's, here's something else. Reach out to someone. When you feel confined and lonely, when you find yourself where the walls are closing in, find someone that you trust that you can connect with and share your heart. There is something that happens spiritually and therapeutically when you do that with someone else. You are sharing your burden with them. And this will help pull you out of the rut and reset your perspective. But one more thing before we close today is discover God in the mundane. That's my favorite point of the day. Know that God dwells in the commonplace. He's not just up in the third heaven in some different dimension aloft from us. Somebody put it this way, there is no event so commonplace but that God is present within it, always hiddenly, always leaving you room to recognize Him or not to recognize Him. But all the more fascinatingly, because of that, all the more compellingly and hauntingly. Listen to your life. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is, in the boredom and pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it, because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. So I want to encourage you today, don't let your moments of confinement and loneliness destroy you. But find purpose, find purpose in it, and find hope. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and recommend it to a friend.